say welcome back. So we're we're in our second hour of uh, my guest uh, Lynn Ertel, who is a deep researcher. We found that we have a lot in common, except my I, I don't have an elephant memory like she does. She she remembers everything really well, and I'm very impressed. So I mean, I could be talking to her for days <laughs> because she remembers stuff that you know it's jarring my memory oh yeah i remember that now too you know so anyway so welcome uh lynn uh hour two we will take callers at the bottom of the hour but um she put together this uh great timeline she's starting off with the swine flu so we're never getting to her covid timeline but you know um i was uh doing cna work uh, when all of that stuff was uh, starting, and so I would do these educational updates, and, and everything was, you know, the Model State Emergency Health Powers Act, and then on from there. So that's where my timeline starts. Her timeline started uh, back in the swine flu era, which, you know, coming from an unvaccinating family, I it wasn't part of my my thing. I just saw all the people that you know suffered from it, you know. But anyway, go ahead, Lynn. Well, as I say, after that debacle in 1976, I, I, I never took an I, I never took another flu shot. It, it utterly discredited that whole idea in my head. Operation Dark Winter was the code name for a senior level bioterrorist attack simulation uh, conducted on June 22nd and 23rd, 2001. It was designed to carry out a mock version of a covert and widespread smallpox attack on the United States. Now, that was June, the end of June 2001. Uh, a couple months later, is September 11th, we have 9-11. And then in October, only a few weeks after that, we had the infamous anthrax attacks of 2001 which coming on the tail of 9-11 by only a few weeks, I think had a much greater psychological impact. And what I'm saying here is that Operation Dark Winter was essentially a drill for the anthrax attack psyop that they knew was coming, that was already in the works. Now, if you think back to 9-11, yeah, people found the narrative itself shocking. But, you know, the idea that these student pilots armed with box cutters and masterminded by a dialysis patient on a laptop from the oh, cave somewhere in Afghanistan. <laughs> you know, I want to know where I went. But really, unless you're in love with New York City, I don't think most people <laughs> I don't think most people lost that much sleep over 9-11 unless you were like living in New York City, maybe. And there's not a lot of sympathy for New York City <laughs> for good reasons. But the anthrax attacks that came only a few weeks later, they terrified everybody. And that's the first time I remember seeing people put on a face mask and these like surgical gloves in order to open their mail. Because what was happening was you could just sprinkle some talcum powder in an envelope and someone would think that they got anthrax in the mail. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to forget the the anthrax attacks of October 2001, because the FBI never really solved the case. They ended up framing, and I am saying framing, a lab tech who worked at Fort Detrick named Bruce Ivins. And then allegedly, as they were closing in on him, 
he committed suicide. Case closed. And so the FBI now says that Bruce Ivins, all by himself, was responsible for these anthrax attacks. And in fact, if you look at the details of the procedure for weaponizing anthrax, you need a lab and you need a, a crew to do it. No one person can do it by themselves. Did Bruce Ivins really commit suicide? Is he hiding somewhere in a witness protection program? Was he murdered by the FBI? I, I can't answer any of these questions. But Operation Dark Winter was basically an exercise designed to plan all for all the contingencies that might occur in a few weeks, in a few months when they launched these anthrax attacks, which I believe were mostly a psychological attack. I'm not convinced that anybody really died from these anthrax letters. We were told, we were told that a publisher of a tabloid in Florida died and that's one uh, postal worker died at the Brentwood Post Office outside D.C. That's what we were told. I, I have no way of knowing that for sure. Well, it was interesting because um, there was evidence somehow that there was it was definitely anthrax and that it, it was tra- traced to Fort Detrick in Maryland. You know, right, they was- said they said it was the Ames strain and that was how they forensically were able to track it. They, basically, <laughs> they said. This didn't come from Iraq or anywhere else. It came from right here in the United States, and it had all that, all the fingerprints of having it produced here in the United States. They admitted yeah. that much. Yeah, with it, you know, in our military, we we know that there's a lot of uh, bad stuff with our military. Well, you know, Fort carrying Dietrich, out the will. Yeah, and Fort, Fort Dietrich. Dietrich is right up the road from me, about an hour in Frederick, Maryland, and you know, it's mm-hmm. famous for the cancer clusters in the neighborhoods yeah. surrounding it. But you know, the thing about. Uh, about the anthrax attacks was it really did terrorize people. It really did. And I realized at the time that generating any kind of public health emergency would immediately render the Constitution and the Bill of Rights irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I had known that for a long, long time. Because I said, mm-hmm. well, if they wanted to, they could declare... A pandemic, you know, an epidemic. I don't think we were using the word pandemic in those days, but they can say they have an an epidemic Mm -hmm. and suspend, you know, your right to travel. In other words, that's the perfect emergency to use to cancel the Bill of Rights is a public health emergency. So the whole logic of it is is pretty obvious, I think. But it gets back to this question of just how well also the world health organization they had done that so i you know i did a lot of research into that and they had already signed um a thing oh my gosh the international health regulations but that was the first international health regulations was done before uh 911 but and so the model state emergency health powers act was you know, part and parcel of that to be in line with the international health regulations that all 196 countries signed. Right. And and did that prohibit the weaponization of anthrax? (laughs) So that's the thing. We were told by President Nixon that he had signed a treaty, all the great powers had signed a treaty banning chemical and biological warfare and right. Fort Detrick was going to be turned over to cancer research. That's what we were told when Nixon was president. Right. Yeah, but that sure. never happened. That never <laughs> of course happened. not. 
Of course not. Right. How no. deadly how deadly are these weaponized things that they're creating? I, we can only speculate. But I don't focus on that. To me, right. it's the psychological terror. It is. Because you've got to keep the population in fear because then they make irrational decisions and they think irrationally. They're not able to do critical thinking if you're in fear all the time. Right, and and I view it as livestock management. Sometimes right. they want to stampede the herd. But sometimes right. they want to get the sheep dogs to corral the sheep. And mm-hmm. sometimes they need a, a Judas goat to lead the sheep into the slaughter. And that's kind of what I consider Donald Trump, a Judas goat. But we got a lot of Judas goats here in America. That is to say, people that will say what you want to hear. Like Vivek Ramaswamy is one. Mm-hmm. They'll say everything you want to hear, but then you go and you look at their history, yeah. and you look at their background, <laughs> and you look at what they've actually done, and you realize that all they're doing is they're, they're deceiving people. They're playing. They're pandering to people and getting right. people to follow them. And this cult of personality stuff is really bad here in America. Right. There's all kinds of cultic behavior going on. And for me, the COVID is essentially creating a new worldwide cult. And the World Health Organization is like a church. It's a universal church. Mm-hmm. And uh, the threat of uh, a biological warfare attack, which, of course, Bill Gates, back in, uh, I guess, about six or seven years ago, uh, he came out and said at a, at a meeting of NATO, this was covered in The Guardian, it was a front page story in The Guardian, that he estimated as many as 10 million people around the world would die in a bioterrorist attack. This is Bill Gates predicting this at a NATO conference in like, I don't know, maybe 2014, 2015, sometime around then. So I think what they really would have liked to do, I mean, getting us arguing about whether COVID came from bat soup or leaked out of a lab, it's yeah. just a cover story, really. It's just a story. Well, of course. It's a movie script narrative. One so way have, you, you didn't probably see, there's a, a comment in the chat room where they say, everyone forgets about the plane in October 2001 that went down in Queens. The, tell, the tail of the plane fell off. Yeah, right. It is said it was a message to the pilots to keep their mouths shut. Uh, I wouldn't, you know... This really bothered me, too. Um, the What looked to me like a stand-down, a NORAD stand-down at the Pentagon on 9-11. Mm-hmm. When I got home that evening, I was convinced and turned on C-SPAN. I was convinced that Donald Rumsfeld resigned, that the Joint Chiefs of Staff <laughs> would resign in disgrace, mm-hmm. that the military people who are responsible for protecting the Pentagon against not a Soviet MiG, you know, not a cruise missile, but a big, fat Boeing commercial jet allegedly hijacked somewhere near the Ohio-Kentucky border and then Mm -hmm. turned around and flown over, you know, over West Virginia, over Virginia, over uh, flying over nuclear power plants, over dams, over highways, over shopping malls, just segging right into Washington, D.C. and scoring a perfect hit 
on the west wall of the Pentagon, I said to myself, there's got to be total chaos in the military right now because what officer with any patriotism or integrity is going to put up with this? If you think back to Pearl Harbor, they court-martialed Major General Short and Admiral Kimmel, who probably weren't responsible at all for what happened at Pearl Harbor, but somebody had to take the rap because mm-hmm. no one could accept such an unthinkable failure. Now, to me, the hit on the Pentagon was so unthinkable that now I look upon anybody who was in uniform as an officer at that time as a traitor to their country, especially General Flynn, who's out there gallivanting around, stirring up cult behavior. He was a senior officer at the time of 9-11, and he has never called it out. And Mm -hmm. you would have thought that the military officers, patriotic military officers who took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution would have demanded some answers for how it was for such an unthinkable failure by NORAD to stop a Boeing commercial jet cruising into Washington, D.C. and hitting the Pentagon. Of course, it never happened. They probably staged a bombing at the Pentagon. But one way or another, to me, Anybody who was an officer in uniform at the time is really a a 9-11 liar. Uh Because even if they didn't know what happened that day, over time they came to understand that the government account made no sense and it was a lie. So that makes them 9-11 liars. They're 9-11 cowards because they didn't speak up. And if Uh they took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, they're 9-11 traitors in my eyes. And Uh so now I can understand what Catherine Watt means when she says this whole COVID thing is a military operation. It's, a, it's military psychological operations against the American people. And that we are in what she calls, I guess, the kill box. Is that the expression she yep. uses? Yep, the kill box. So now we have to think, all us patriotic flag-waving people out here, we can't even trust We can't even trust the officers corps in the brass of our military. They're not on our side. Mm -hmm. And and that should be clear by now anyway, if you look at this circus around Lloyd Austin or the way in which we pulled out of Afghanistan, which was designed to humiliate Americans, to make us look like gutless cowards before the eyes of the whole world. Well, I lived through that. I lived through that during the fall of Saigon. You remember the Mm -hmm. fall of Saigon? In 1975, mm-hmm. do you remember those videos of people clinging to the skids of helicopters as those helicopters lifted off from the U.S. Embassy and we abandoned all those people? It yeah. made us look really bad. And so Afghanistan, this retreat, this withdrawal from Afghanistan, it, to me it was like an exact rerun of the fall of Saigon in 1975. And clearly the, the psychological intention is to make Americans feel helpless, humiliated, frustrated, ashamed. And that's what our military is doing to us. So the treason that we're dealing with in this country is a lot more serious than than people even want to realize. It, It just goes right on up. It just it's permeated the ranks of the military. And if you look at the COVID timeline, you can see the militarization of public health. 
mm-hmm. it, it really is being run like a war. But it's been that way for a while. Actually, polio, that's where they really started launching the whole public health service. The polio was the reason to do this public health service. When everyone was kind of – in the 50s, it seems like everyone was lulled into a kind of sleep. There was something about the 50s. You know, that, you know there's that movie that I, I actually really like. It's a, it's a good sci-fi movie. But it, they Invasion of the Body every- Snatchers. No, 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 okay. no. It's uh, Harrison Bergeron. If you haven't seen Harrison Bergeron, it's very important. Harrison Bergeron. Okay. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a link. It's a. Yeah, no, it's, I'll look it up. It's yeah. on the level of uh, they live, and you know, but it's 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 classic because they div- they created a whole society of elite people that were controlling a population, and the whole thing was based in the fifties. Everyone lived in this lull of the 50s. Everything was pretty and nice, and, and everyone was dumbed down. They wore – if they were too smart, they had to wear a band to um, make them less intelligent. Oh, is this by Kurt Vonnegut? Yeah, possibly. I, yeah, I okay. This is where basically – The they, movie is pretty damn good. Right. They create a quality. If, if you're faster, you have to wear weights, right, that kind of thing. Well, this is all about intelligence, raw okay. IQ. Okay. So everyone had to be dumbed down to a certain level. And if you were really smart, then you would have one day to actually use your brain. And um, <laughs> and then and then before you had this operation to dumb you down. Right. Now, recall, since you mentioned polio, and we're told that this vaccine wiped out polio, and I don't believe that. No, but I have. But who sold that shot? Elvis. Yeah. Elvis. This is the first time they really used a public figure on television to sell a vaccine. And it was Elvis taking that shot. Right. I think that might have been before they drafted him into the army. But mm-hmm. how far have we come from Elvis selling the polio shot to Travis Kelsey and implicitly Taylor Swift? Selling the new double flu COVID shot. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Right. (laughs) So this is how psychological operations work. And when people ask, is Taylor Swift a Pentagon psyop? Well, was putting Elvis on TV to take the polio shot, was that a Pentagon psyop? (laughs) You know? Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, stay tuned.
am so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. at the bottom of the hour, but um, yeah, Chris, um, I'm sorry, Lynn, Lynn is really on a roll here, so we're not even touching the surface of the timeline, and I kind of wanted to move forward to, 
you know, what happened in 2019 and forward from there. Should we do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Okay. In, we got in, two, in February 2017, that's when Bill Gates warns tens of millions could be killed by bioterrorism. Right. 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 October of 2019, the military world games in Wuhan, China. Now, I thought this was one of the strangest things I ever heard of. We send a team of soldiers, athletes, to Wuhan to participate in these military games with other teams from around the world. Isn't that great? We, we get together with the Chinese People's Liberation Army to compete in athletic, athletic games. Right. But what we were told is that the U.S. team performed very badly at these games. And the explanation we were given was that they had come down with some really strange virus. <laughs> now, first, I got to say, well, they turned on 5G on steroids. It was much more 5G than we even get in our hospitals here. And that was on October 31st, you know, our Halloween. And everyone was required to have a flu shot in China. So there was lots of flu crap going around, going into the winter. And then, you know, it was known for um, really being horrible with air pollution. Wuhan was, you know, an industrial area. And there were major protests all summer uh, because of the the horrible air pollution. Right. When you see, there's that classic picture of that CNN put out of uh, New Year's Eve. 2020, 2021 in Wuhan, China, where you see thousands, thousands of Chinese packed like sardines, shoulder to shoulder in the street, completely filling the street. And every one of them is wearing that mask. And I looked Mm -hmm. at it and I said, well, that's crazy. If I was that worried about a contagious disease, I wouldn't be going out let alone standing in a crowd with thousands of other people packed in like sardines and thinking that wearing this mask was going to protect me. But I didn't realize that Wuhan is such a filthy, such a polluted city, Mm -hmm. right? Super polluted. Right. And people wear masks in Asia because of the pollution in in Mm -hmm. the cities, especially in China. So it's already kind of normative behavior there. Mm-hmm. I think this idea of culturally homogenizing everyone in the world, because that's what you want. You want to homogenize the herd. Right. It's really about bringing down the West. And when I say the West, I mean our ideas of individualism, personal freedom, free expression. The mask is symbolic of breaking that down and making us just like the Chinese. And the constant recurring theme we got during this COVID psyop was, oh, look how effective the Chinese are. They should be our model. Fauci said this. Yep. The public health authorities in the UK were saying this. Look to China. Look to China. Look to China. We should be I mean, just when you like cover China. people's mouth, uh, it's very symbolic. You know, the mouth and the nose. I mean, breathing is, you know, a whole thing about... Um, breathing freedom. I mean, you know, it's it's a whole psychological thing that you have um, free to breathe. You know, when all of a sudden you're stifled, it stifles the speech, it stifles 
um, your sense of independence. It's all of that. I mean, you and it's are mainly you about are the slave. children. It's about the kids. It's about the oh, children. That, well, that's the whole thing. If you're if you can't see someone's lips moving for talking, then they absolutely cannot um, learn good speech. We had all these uh, speech pathologists that were hired for deal with all the uh, children born um, during this masking craziness because <laughs> they, they didn't learn speech right. Yeah, a lot of adults would go along with it because they feel they don't have any choice and they don't want to argue. Right. You know, They don't want to get in an argument with the shopkeeper or the restaurant or the police. Right. So they, they'll go along, get along, but the kids... That's kid. not their thinking. I mean, they're they're really learning the idea that you need to do this to be okay. safe. I know it's bad. I, I know it, it was tragic to see kids that weren't even um, at risk. So anyhow, stay tuned. We're going to take callers now. To the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602 799 8214, or visit our website, Sierra Madre Precious Metals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure, just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you.
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com. the number it's five seven two uh that's two four eight eight two five two five one two two four eight eight two five two that's the caller line so um let's go ahead and call it if you have a, a question or a comment uh we have tom in utah on line one welcome to the show tom hi ingrid and lynn I got to thank Lynn for we had a great. That was I really was uh, honored with you spending time with me, and we uh, outed a fraud, right? Yeah, Kevin McCarn for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I was the one that called in and said, "So you had the COVID?" And he said, "Yes." And then I said, "How did you contract it?" And he said, "Aerosol." And I said, "Okay, goodbye. I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> just floating in the air floating in the air <laughs> no point no point in arguing with fraud but yeah right i love well, the question I, for me was does he really believe what he's saying or is he just touting the party line you know you always wonder that about scientists molecular biologists do they really believe like virologists are they do they well, really they, believe what their their model their pseudoscience or do they know that they're just bullshitting people i I always wonder about that they're protecting their phd and their uh status yeah status their their tenure Ah. the whole whole system is bogus you know and i really love being able to see over 30 years ago i was on that in that camp for the first three decades of my life i was in the ama camp but anyway, I just wanted to tell you, I don't want to take time from anybody else, because you're, tra- you're a jewel. <laughs> anyway, I gave you a website called inthear.news, inthear.news. Yeah, I had, a, 
Right. It had a piece in the Deseret, Deseret Morning News uh-huh. uh, discussing you and some other people's. Uh, were you suing the federal government over these poison uh, formaldehyde <laughs> poisoned campers that were being distributed to uh, some of the survivors of Katrina? Is that, that was what it was about, right? Yeah, uh, Jesse Finner in New in New Orleans saw my work in the in the web, called me up and asked me to come down and help them identify the cause of death in those FEMA trailers, and in my testimony in the Senate uh, committee meeting that was held down there in New Orleans, I basically decommissioned those trailers, and of course the brokers of those trailers, which I did not un- know about or understand until. Um, what, five years late, four years later, when I was in D.C., and I spoke face-to-face with the people invested in those trailers. I think I mentioned that to you. They were not very happy with me, so they readjusted me biologically. But, yeah, I, the reason I was referring to that is I found out that this week uh, my uh, registration had uh, not been done, and I had to get them turned back on again today. So for a couple of days, that webpage was off, and I, I was worried that maybe you hadn't been able to see it. Anyway, glad you got to read it. Yeah, uh, say that again for, in case people want to check it out, because the, there are still people who are looking at Katrina, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I've got 34 it's million. It's in, called right? in News, yep. Or you can put Tom in Utah.news. It routes through to it, redirects. But anyway, like I say, I was really, uh, really happy to speak to you. And so I'm grateful to Gina or Jenna, you know, to trust trust me with your phone number. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, well, you're, I, you're a pretty radical guy. I mean, you might as well admit to people right now you're a militant vegan, right? <laughs> Well, that's based upon my medical experience, my lab work. Right. You know, when you look at the look at the facts in the face, you can't spit on them. What kind of a scientist are you that would actually see? For thirty years, I was ignoring what I knew. So when I laid on the steel table thirty thirty two years ago, I said it's time for me to respect what I knew from the lab, and I made that change. So I'm a pretty vigorous voice in that fact. In fact, Paul McCartney found out about me after he lost Linda. Had me come down and speak to his friends. 3, Wait, how do you know it's really Paul McCartney and not Billy Shepard? <laughs> Sorry yeah, about that. You mean Paul McCartney, huh? Paul McCartney, right. <laughs> we don't want to yeah. go down that rabbit hole. But I would say certainly industrial agriculture has compromised the food supply. I think everybody would agree with that. And we don't know what they're pumping, you know, the vaccines, antibiotics, the hormones that are being pumped in to livestock in industrial agriculture, the large combines like Cargill, W.R. Grace, Novartis. Monsanto, uh, Cargill. Yeah, they, they are poisoning us, and people know it. People know it. I used to be their patron. I used to peddle their stuff to my ranchers and dairymen here. So, you know, I had to do a repentance, a serious repentance 32 years ago. 
So that's why I became rather vocal, because I realized I had, uh, as I contributed to the death and misery to thousands and thousands of millions. Mm-hmm. Or millions. I think many of us would like to see the original American family farm restored and industrial yes. agriculture broken up. But I don't know. I don't have much expectation of that happening under current political circumstances. Right. I know Weston A. Prices are doing the best they can, and I, I'm a member. I think everyone should be a member of Weston A. Price Foundation. They they really do some amazing work. They saved our Azure Standard Farm in Oregon uh, because once it went out to their list, they got hit really hard. The courthouse, the uh, they, they they were flooded. They had to hire new people. <laughs> they couldn't. The, the emails, you know, it broke their whole system, you know, having that many people all over the country hit them. Yeah, but they were trying to take out Azure Farms. That's where we get most of our food here, you know. But we, and it's, we would have to revise the tax system fundamentally. Really, there have to be so many basic changes. That's in- right. Yeah, so they're, they actually had at their last conference, they had um, – Cal Washington with the In Power Movement, and they are into it. You know, they they are all out-of-the-box thinkers. They're ready to, you know, do battle. There used to be an organization called The Grange that represented small farmers. Does it still exist? Yeah, I'm part of that. Okay. By the way, my family sold off their packing industry called uh, Miller Packing. They sold it off to Smithfield Packing. That's China. Chinese communists own Smithfield hands now. Uh, right. Yeah, we have all that. You know, all these different companies that started out small were bought off by the you know General Mills and Monsanto and Celestial Seasonings. One of them, you know, remember they were small, <laughs> but they they got real big and then they got bought off. I mean, half these companies, if you find out who really owns them, it's all agribusiness. You know, little organic places that started out small amy's you know all those all those places they're all bought off and yeah we have another caller okay go ahead um, thank you okay thank you good talking to you tom take care thank you tom i got the number you're in trouble oh okay (laughs) okay we have jack in massachusetts welcome to the show jack hi guys hi uh hi uh in 2013, uh, I went and took a photograph of my, or an image of myself where I found out that Kennedy had been killed. Uh, I was nine at the time. And it, it, it was the 50th anniversary, and I was kind of shocked to see how little play it got. But um, the thing was the, the Vietnam issue the scenario from what i've gathered over the years is, is the, the intentional thrust of vietnam was the fact of the the uh the offshore oil off of vietnam and uh the oil companies wanted a friendly regime so that they could go in there and develop it and you know how you know look at the wars in the middle east and not everywhere else in the world oil is such a powerful uh, aspect. It's one of the reasons I've often felt that they, they their attack on Trump uh, was the fact, I mean, I don't think he had been in office for 
45 minutes before he signed a lease that opened up the Anwar Alaska National uh, Oil Reserves uh, for export, you know, for, for drilling. And he still says, still says, drill, baby, drill. And say what you want about Trump, but he made the United States the largest oil exporter in the world. And that's undeniable. And so the world, you know, the, the big boys are really against Trump. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Trump uh, fan. And so the, the Kennedy assassination uh, was kind of like the first televised uh, trauma-based mind control because we're all watching them and we all see, you know, watch, having your, watching your president get it, have his brains blown out. And uh, that, of course, went to 9-11, another trauma-based mind control. And they use these, these uh, tools to their advantage. It's hard to deny it. But you got to love the, uh, the 9-11, the, <laughs> the hijackers with box cutters and all this other stuff. That's not a conspiracy theory, you know. Sorry, that's that's reality. That's what really happened as far as, you know, the government is concerned. So uh, we're, I, we're, we're at a junction. If you want to say something? Yeah, I, like, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I, I have read recently that under the Biden administration, we are now pumping more oil than ever before. Now, is that oil being exported offshore? They're saying that the Biden administration has now exceeded all records for harvesting oil. Well, well, look at the price on the pump. When Trump was there, it was like two bucks, and now it's like four bucks. I don't, I don't believe it. You know, you know, it's a, his mantra as he goes on on his, on his campaign trail: "Drill, baby, drill," and no. I don't, I don't buy that at all, you know. And, uh, but, you know, to, to address the larger issue that we're, we're kind of confronted with here as a society or as a, more or as a civilization thing, uh, we're dealing with a governmental system uh, that was designed around the horse and buggy. Uh, you know, we all sit out here on the farms and we send this guy and horse and buggy so many hundreds of miles away to represent us. That that whole design, I think, really needs to be, you know, turned over. We're 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 well beyond that. Uh, you know, having direct uh, digital re- representation, call it what you will. Um, I think artificial intelligence can get us out of this mess if we seize the horns of it. Um, which I try to tell everybody, I said, if you're not having a conversation with intel- uh, artificial intelligence, I question your intelligence because this thing is uh, awesome. And um, but I really enjoyed uh, listening to your show. It's it's really great. And <laughs> the the one takeaway I'm going to come from this show <laughs> is the, the comment of livestock management. <laughs> That's. <laughs> <laughs> that, that well, that's the way it, it is, pretty much. <laughs> that really sums it up. I mean, Lynn is uh, really good at that. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, Jack, I, I have to say, uh, we need more people uh, getting out of their cubicles and interacting locally. I mean, I 
I really we need to get back to a government that is um you know the jurisdiction is focused on local control. Um, okay. And, you know, people have fed so much. Uh, there's fed so much misinformation. It's like, you know, they have turned into livestock. Their their critical thinking skills have been gone. Uh, to me, it seems like we should just literally well, eliminate the education. To me, that's one of the worst things. Turn off your television and get your kids well, out of school. <laughs> let me let me address that because it's it's they have abstracted our 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 value away from ourselves. Now, my argument has been is that what we need is the county government should be the strongest form of government. Yep. And then it goes down to the state and then it goes down to the fed. This federalization of our of our uh of our country is uh, well, it's what we're talking about. Well, you know, that's the whole problem. It, you know, we're not supposed yep. to have anything but a uh, small uh, defense of our shores at D.C., you know, we, that's all. It's, that's the only thing the federal government was authorized to do is to uh, defend our, our country from any kind of outside attack. They weren't authorized to do anything that they're doing. And, oh, yeah. of course, we don't have, you know, we all know that it's turned into a big corporation where we're all enslaved to that. And so, you know, people are trying to correct their status and but, you know, you can correct your status, but there's always going to be a need for some kind of government. But you have to have everyone actively involved. Well, if you, you know, that's the, that's only, the whole but you programming can, you, that needs to happen. You can only be actively involved at the county level. That's right. They have to start locally. Yeah, yeah, but county, the county, we all have, we all live in a county, and... The administration of a county, and then the states have been trying to destroy the, the county. Yeah. I mean, the states are trying to acquire more and more power. I mean, because the county is a collection of towns. Okay, we all got town government. But um, it, 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 I don't, you know, the problem is kind of basic if you really break it down. Um, mm -hmm. Counties are... See, counties is where everything gets counted. That's why they're called counties. Mm -hmm. Okay? And um, every all of the value that a county can produce, but it's all being abstracted by the states, by Wall Street, by Washington. You know, they're, they're, they're just bleeding us dry because the county is, out, is not protecting us from these predators predations uh, organizations called government but if you really peel the even the state that, even the state and federal governments have been superseded by NGOs or global organizations mm -hmm. for example here where I am in central Maryland every county has a public health commissioner and the state has a public health commissioner and they answer directly to the CDC and the World Health Organization. We don't elect them. We don't pick them. And they're the ones who state policy, formulate policy, if they discover that we have a pandemic, another deadly pandemic. The local public health advisors are the ones who make the rules, not the Constitution. It would be nice 
if we could get the local sheriff to stand up to these public health officials when they abuse their authority as they have, or to the NGO advisors who are in so many of these state and local governments setting the policy for public health. And who this is how the whole COVID PSYOP was implemented. They basically did an end run around all the ordinary governmental institutions. And if you look at that original press conference that Trump and Pompeo gave on uh, March, the I guess it would have been March the 13th or March the 7th. I think it was March, uh, Friday the 13th, where they declared a state of a national emergency. And he had appointed this Corona task force with Fauci and Deborah Burks and Mike Pence. And in effect, Trump abdicated his presidency on that day. If you go and watch his speech at that press conference, he says, well, we had a good run. We've done a lot of things. We've accomplished a lot, but now it's time. Basically, he turned over all authority to this non-governmental Corona task force that he created, which is really the implementation of medical martial law. So I, I, the way I see it, sure, if people are going to do political organizing, if they think elections are still worth getting involved in, and that's questionable, You probably do want to do it at a local level rather than at a federal or state level. But believe me, the way they're taking over is through NGOs and nonprofits, the uh, corporate funded foundations. That's really how they're doing this. And in, in effect, they're going to make that Congress and that presidency and that Supreme Court utterly obsolete. If they haven't been compromised, which they are, they'll be rendered obsolete. In the same way that the Roman Senate, you know, in ancient Rome, was rendered obsolete. The, the form and the ritual of these institutions will continue and persist, but they, they will have no real power and they won't be making any real decisions. That's my take on well, it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I, agree, I understand your, um, your argument, um, which I'm going to say again is we, we need... The county to the county is the supreme. They don't take orders from Washington. They don't take they take orders from us. Okay, they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Here in Howard County, Maryland, when those lockdowns started, the county executive he took his orders directly from his public health commissioner Uh, and his public health advisors. Agreed, because the counties have become so submissive subservient and not understanding their role in um, civilization. You know, I just, because it's the only place, I mean, I can literally, you know, if I had to, I mean, I could walk to my county seat if I had, if there was no other way to get there. Uh, it's, it's, which we're saying, we're advocating local uh, focused, but it, understanding is that every single county not just my county it's the next, next door county every single county uh, needs to kind of you know buff up and buckle down and we gotta protect ourselves I guess is you know it's no other way to describe it 
and uh, and we're listening to ourselves. We're not listening to the. I don't watch tele. I haven't watched television in twenty years, literally. Uh, but uh, you know, this this mass mind control uh, media that we ta- talked about earlier. I mean, it's it's mind control. It is. It's it's a it's a device of mind control. But if, but if you and I end up. Uh, going to our county seat and talking back and forth and whatever, uh, it's my mind, your mind. Well, the thing is, is most of these people, they've all been uh, in the public school system, you know, and they watch Mm -hmm. the regular TV. I mean, I've, I've been to city council meetings in the county and stuff, and they're they're really heavily programmed. Like, I, I think I shared on the show before, I had a friend who got in the city government in a small town, and they were really, the state was coming in, you know, grants to get um, a, a sewer system that was unnecessary. Everyone had septic systems that worked. So, anyway, he got the, he got on the list of the state. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, it's it's not pretty. You know, they, they fought it. They fought it. They were They didn't take the grant. They didn't get the sewer system, but anyway, I'm just mm. saying um, they they get people to just go along. They're just figureheads sitting there. Well, they don't. But agree, anyhow, but, we, but you have to go. I mean, I I mean, you, you you look at the people that want to run for office. That's that's a char- character flaw in the first place. We we should draft people. I mean, I, I'm, I'm done with this election earring and personality okay. thing. I mean, we need to draft. Uh, well, okay, our, our okay. People. Thank you, Jack. I, I understand, but you know, the thing is, it's it's yeah. We have a whole system that's broken. It's but communitarian law. Communitarian. It law. is. It's all communitarian law. It's crazy. Yeah. That's what we have now, for sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, everyone on the chat room. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll have another show next week, and it'll be interesting, too. (laughs) I'll be looking forward to it, Ingrid. Take care. Okay, you too. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Health Simple with Cholera Shilajit, Fact Bit Number 3. Shilajit is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilajit is a singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yoga vaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rate. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture or foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Shilaji, legit Shilaji, such as Colorado Shilaji, is the king and the supreme yoga vaha. It is the tonic that indeed towers above any other earth mixed substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.